As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And for me, those are the things that were inside me. Like, I wanted something that could be more empowering. So if you see Adela Sego on TV and you want to be like her, how do you do that? in a place like Nigeria where you're just trying to find where you're going to eat how you're going to move from A to B right so I really wanted to have something I didn't know what it was then but something that could say anyone who's creative who's talented who's passionate if you come to me or come to whatever I want to build I'm going to help you Hi, welcome to Black Ticulate, a podcast series featuring UK young black professionals where we find out how they do what they do so you can too. Or not. After all, it is your life. <laughs> so guys, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate. We feature UK young black professionals where we try and find out exactly how they do what they do so you can too. Because we all want to level up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, in front of me, I've got Pepe. Hello. <laughs> this is so weird, like, not seeing people. But, okay, um, I am Joanna. Pepper's my nickname, Chikeze. Okay. Where's that coming from? There's no interesting story. It was just something that stuck in secondary school. We were all giving ourselves silly names as, like, schoolgirls walking through Chapel Market during lunch break. And... I decided to call myself Pepper and I think another friend of mine was calling herself not Salt but (laughs) we all had the silly names and then it just stuck and even though people know my name they just prefer to call me Pepper. Pepper, no I like it. And so imagine going to Nigeria with like Pepper and then you get jokes like Tatashe Tatashe Atarado (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you mind if I call you Pepper? No, I don't, of course not, no. Tell us what you do, who you are, and we'll just, you know, we'll take okay, it from there. Um, I work in the creative industries, particularly fashion. Uh, fashion, media, production, TV, and I still do consulting, branding, marketing, and still content creation. So that's my background. And you're also a boss lady. 
okay yeah, <laughs> founder of a great uh, company that thank you you gotta, you gotta shout that out yeah um so the assembly is a community and a platform for fashion and creative entrepreneurs students professionals who are basically just trying to either get from idea stage to launching a business, in particularly in West Africa. Because you're based in Lagos. Yeah, so Assembly is uh, Lagos-based. Right, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. But you studied here and everything. Yeah, and then I was you went born, over. bred, buttered in Jeez. London, South and North London. So I've covered a lot of ground. First gen? First gen. So your parents are Niger? Yeah, they immigrated to yeah, the UK. Yeah. Diaspora's going back. Yeah, I know. You gotta tell me about that journey, man. You got yeah, that's to. another podcast. Oh uh, no, no, we we'll, we'll definitely get it in <laughs> because now you just teased everyone who's listened to me, and I've got a lot of my audience yeah. are from the diaspora. So London ain't all that. I'm not gonna lie to you; it's not mm, all that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you say that with a smile. Yeah, yeah, I'm smiling because that's how I felt. Right. Especially when I first started to kind of toy with the idea of like going to to Nigeria especially because I never went on holiday I went for the first time in my early 20s and I was just so excited and it was like an adventure for me and then reality hit so I was like no I'm coming back kind of thing but after some time I kind of found my way and I have a lot of friends who actually had to come back because if you don't have a plan if you don't really have why you're there it can be really tough you have to be flexible and adaptable because it's a completely different world. It's not what you see on Instagram. And even then, when I went there, there was no Instagram or anything like that. So yeah, you're seasoned. Okay, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I there mean, is I'm, so I'm, I much. Think I'm going off. No, no, but, no. Yeah. The country. I want you to go off. This is what we're about: conversations. But I need to tie things in because okay. otherwise, even just me listening to this brand new, I'm like, how did she even get there? Like, <laughs> wait a Plane? minute. Yeah, <laughs> airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, you're born here, you lived here all your life. You've never yes. even been on holiday to Nigeria. So you're straddling both cultures. Yeah, you're, one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. <laughs> so at home, you're eating uh, jollof yes. and then outside of the home, fish and chips. But yeah. <laughs> but the question is, do you, <laughs> it's not, not quite, <laughs> yeah, okay. So tell me about growing up. My father was a photographer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like had... working photographer. Yeah. So that's how he earned bread. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, pretty same much. Or? Yeah. But I never wanted to be a photographer, but I already had that kind of, um, you know, inclined to the to being a creative, visuals and all of those things. Uh, my mom, businesswoman, but she has, she's always had an amazing style for um, really good taste for clothes. Um, her taste in music was different so my parents were typical Nigerians I guess but they were also very like eccentric and quirky and very open to different things my uncle was a vintage connoisseur like all he did was collect collect and collect antiques like his home was like a museum so I guess I had like really strong influence in terms of fashion music arts yeah so I kind of knew very early on what I wanted to do what I wanted to be I remember going to places and people would be like, oh, you dress really cool. You have a really good sense of style. You always have unique things. And by the way, guys, you can't see her, but <laughs> she genuinely still does. Thank you. you. You're lit. You don't have to say this because <laughs> I'm <laughs> here. <laughs> Thank you very legit, much. Legit. Legit. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so then people kind of said to me, you know, have you thought of being a stylist? And at that point, 
I mean, How like, old were you I around think I was like time? 14, 15. Can I interrupt a little bit? What were you wearing? So what were your brands? Your go-to brands? I never had brands, actually. It was all vintage and thrift. Um, it was all kind of like spending our pocket money on thrift stores. Right. And at that time, vintage was still kind of, it wasn't like mass appeal. Yeah. So it wasn't hipster and cool. Yeah. All the good stuff was then. All the good stuff. And I was really like taken aback by the 80s. So a lot of my style referenced the 80s and the 70s. So, yeah. um, Sorry, I digress. Because I was just wondering, like, I was trying to picture a mini you. (laughs) And just like you rocking maybe the big Gucci belt or something. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that that was basically how my journey and my love for like fashion started. Yeah. And. So now you're around 15, 16. 15, 16. College um, is obviously education yeah, starting yeah. to still play a part in yes, your life. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I went to a secondary school called um, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson. Shout out if anyone from there is listening. <laughs> EGA, <laughs> Islington. So any opportunity I had to kind of express myself fashion-wise, I would like organize fashion shows or try to like work with the school committee to do anything that was creative even in church like I was the one that did the fashion shows (laughs) so they knew me okay that's the fashion girl and all of that so it kind of helped because I didn't even know I was building a portfolio without even knowing it so when I started to understand the importance of work experience and internships and assisting people that was very valuable to me because I could say to them well I organized my church fashion show or my school fashion show and even college the same thing happened again I was doing that so then people started to know me as okay that's the girl who does fashion you might need her for your show no amazing I mean that in of itself is great advice because a lot of times and I get this personally where people will be coming up to me and I want to be paid for x but they haven't demonstrated or showed that they yes you know if you love doing something do it yeah regardless of if you're getting paid to do it or not yeah because the money will come yes and then at that point you have so much value to offer yeah and you've got the work to show for it you have the experience and most importantly you have the connections i can't tell you how many people i know now that i knew when i didn't know i was trying to build a career or because i was doing it because i was passionate and and Amazing. it's useful to me very much so now. Because they're now yeah. rising to the top, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. And they've got the budget. Yeah. So, university. Yeah. I wanted to go out of London for university, actually. Why? I wanted to, a change of scenery. I wanted to be challenged. What do you mean challenged? You know, uh, when you're in a certain environment for a long time, for me, personally, I don't think you can allow yourself to grow. Seeing the same people, the same routine, the same faces and... I just wanted to experience um, education from a different perspective, but it was a huge culture shock for me. Well, first of all, I thought I was really smart. Okay. I, got, I got all A's in college, but the moment I went to university, I couldn't even write an essay. And most of the guys in my class, in my course, were all private, you know, education. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like this girl from like London. And, you know, it was a very big culture shock for me. So, yeah, I had to work harder, read more, and then I started to make friends with really very smart people. Nice, of <laughs> So that, you know, they you, could help you me. elevate yourself. <laughs> yeah, you like know. the company you keep. At that point, I got offered a job to be the fashion editor of a magazine called Fab. Fab, yeah, F-A-B. Yeah, so Fabulous African and Black. That's fabulous what it, African and Black. Yes. So that and this was is whilst at uni? Yes. Okay. And it was crazy because every weekend I was in London doing shoots while studying 
my degree. What was the degree? It was culture, society and communications with Spanish. I know it's a mouthful. Okay. El Spaniel. Espanol. Oh, okay. <laughs> muy bien. <laughs> That's all I can say. Muy bien. <laughs> don't worry. Don't ask me anything yeah, else. Yeah, I'll yeah, start yeah. fumbling. Okay, so don't my worry. bad. Sorry, I derailed you. <laughs> so... Basically, whilst you're still at uni, and forgive mm-hmm. me, I'm I'm such a marketer. I always mm-hmm. sort of summarise and make things pithy. Mm-hmm. But you were like, um, I've got to work hard at this because I'm not as um, intelligent as I once <laughs> upon a time thought I was. And secondly, got a job yeah. as a fashion editor yeah. for a magazine. Is that fair? Yes. All right, keep, keep rolling. So I was also like president of ACS. So it was a lot of work and I can imagine. really now stretched myself in. But, <laughs> but you were killing it there. Yeah, it was fantastic. You had a job, which was amazing, like working for Fab, right? Yeah. So why even continue with uni? Um, well, it was important for me to be, I feel, if you have an opportunity to learn something outside of whatever your chosen field is, I think it's very advantageous to you because you never know. Right. Maybe at some point I may be fed up with fashion and I wanted to go into politics or something completely unrelated to fashion. I really wanted to have something to fall back on, basically. And apart from loving fashion, I'm really into, you know, social sciences. And so I was like the activist on campus. And then I was like the fashion girl that was going to like New York Fashion Week so you know those are the two sides to me and that was why I I continued with my course and I was happy doing it yeah and besides my mum wouldn't even want to hear that I I want to ain't that the truth (laughs) so okay so we graduated because I'm just really still trying to paint a picture of you kind of, it sounds from an early age, you kind of already knew your path. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Within the fashion world. Now, yeah. obviously, that in itself is so broad. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that you can do within that. But because you were writing essays, albeit not great ones. No, uh, it w- I became very great. Trust did you? Me, yes. oh, you had to be. <laughs> for a fashion editor, you had to be uh, proofreading a lot of people's work. Trust. Exactly. It's not all pretty pictures. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you had to basically start learning the trade or the skills. Yeah. And I'm wondering what that is and how that is now what you get paid to do professionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, yes. what I'm saying? So how did I educate myself in fashion or what I was doing as a fashion editor? Yeah. So, um, funny enough i've not had any formal training let me just say my my profession was a stylist okay and that was what got me to be the fashion editor so i and then of course i can write (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and i'm really curious about things so that was kind of how the fashion editor role came about i never had any formal training but i would say i was forever reading whether it was magazines whether it was anything i found online getting books on the whole area can i ask what is a fashion editor what is that role when you say like formal training what what do they do so um as a fashion editor you are responsible for a set number of pages and typically they're the fashion pages it depends on the the remit of the publication you're working for but it could be sourcing talent to write about interviews then you have obviously your your fashion pages where you're styling looks trends you're educating people on trends you're educating people on new designers or anything interesting in the fashion industry lots of interviews lots of research lots of googling lots of sourcing um images high-res images and then you have like your spread which is kind of like your editorial and that's when you bring a team together photographers makeup artists your stylists 
you could be the one actually styling or you could hire a commission. Yeah, so the editor pretty much brings an entire team in order to educate its readers on what's going on. Yeah, inspire. Inspire and whatnot. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for educating me on that because I didn't know. (laughs) But that's what we knew we were going to be when we graduated. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I was already doing that. But then um, I wanted to find a way to Nigeria. Ah. Okay, so this is where the Nigeria story right, happens now. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so whilst at uni, you yeah. had a I had an, an itch, an itch yeah. to go to West Africa, Nigeria. Well, I, my I, my friends, I started meeting Nigerians who were coming f- straight from Nigeria to study, whether it was their masters or whatnot, and it kind of like. I started meeting like a really different set of Nigerians who like really inspired me to think about Nigeria as a place to live or to work. They were just very different to the kinds of Nigerians I was used to. And that's not generalizing, but it's just what I used to see. So my my question was always going to be, oh, I'm sure you're here and you after you graduated, you want to stay in England. They'll be like, no, (laughs) do what? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm, I'm just here to like get my education. I'm going back. People need me back home. They need doctors back home. They don't need doctors here. And, you know, those are the kind of rhetorics that I heard in uni. And it was like from one friend to the other friend, they always had this kind of like, no, we're just here to kind of like get educated or whatever. But we're going back. Some of them, you know, came from wealthy homes. So they had to go back and daddy's company. Of and course, <laughs> of course. You know, I or that. they were like really entrepreneurial minded. So I started going, hmm okay possibly is an opportunity for someone like me who could come and help develop the industry and continue to tell stories from an authentic um, standpoint and there wasn't much by way of like now there's so many sources of inspiration but when I was doing it there was nothing really apart from pride magazine but um so it was important for me to kind of find my route so what I did was for my final year dissertation, it was on Igbo hip hop music. Igbo hip hop music. Yeah, so you know Does how that you exist? Have, yeah, <laughs> you know you have Fino and you have like maybe Run Town and a couple of I don't know if anybody knows, but it's a really big thing uh, now. At us, if you don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to give you um, suggestions yeah. to listen to. So I was very interested to kind of like understand the discourse around you know native language and how that's been used in music and lifestyle and I was like okay for me to do this I have to go to Nigeria and do my research properly yeah, be on the ground floor yeah you're, you're taught to research and in all of these kind of things so I was like mom <laughs> <laughs> and it was a battle oh Is my gosh it? It, I was trying to convince her that look I need to go it was like a whole process to even get her around to like I let me go and then I went and it was like the best thing ever really? yeah yeah i think i cried on the plane back to london like i was really yeah i, I said no this is where i want to be and it was amazing and I, I got a distinction in that project explain what it was about being there well first of all it was complete laughs it was just like from the point of the airport i was just like a comedy show i felt like i was just watching a live nollywood film really? yeah it was just <laughs> for me then it was so hilarious everything made me laugh um, but then just the idea of, you know, the possibilities, the land was like really virgin land. It's like you can come and you can really make something out of nothing. I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I just had such. Yeah, of course. It felt like home. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was home. like, why haven't I come sooner? Yeah. Everyone, you look left or right and they look like you. There's yeah. something, there's yeah, something powerful about that. Trust I me. I think this so. One. I think so. I say that because when I go nine jazz, it's just like, yeah, man. Do you know, it's yeah. home away from home. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. 
But um, okay, you don't have to explain it because I get it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyone who's listening that hasn't travelled back to the homeland, I highly recommend you do so. So you're back a bit. You shed some tears. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you thinking? You're thinking I need to go back immediately and yeah. do something on the ground. Yeah. So Fab Magazine. I told you I was there and they were trying to like open up offices in Lagos okay. and in Ghana. So I was like, yes. Hello. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought, okay, well, rather than go and not just work as a fashion editor, because it would be really hard. I'm going to do my youth service. So just in case I decide to ever come and work in Nigeria, at least I've done it. Right. So. So for those who don't know, what is youth service? So National Youth Service Corp is basically a compulsory program for everyone who graduates. Um, and they have to do like a year of, it's like an internship, but it's not an internship. It's just like they post you to a service year. You could be teaching in a school, you could be working in a hospital, you could be working in a law firm. But it's like one year and you kind of go through like this horrific camp beforehand, <laughs> three weeks of camp. You just, you're, you're giving me so much memory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a horrific camp for three weeks and then a compulsory one-year program where you're basically working for the state. In order for you to be legible to actually work and yes. be, I guess, a citizen, yes. quote-unquote, properly. Yeah, I don't see the point of it, though, but yeah, that's another. But yeah, that's another combo. <laughs> uh, so a year in hell. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. So we did that. Yeah, and um, so I managed to do it in such a way that I could work for the Fab for Fab magazine. Right, because they were establishing an office in Lagos. Exactly. I mean, Nigeria and exactly. Ghana. Exactly, exactly. And so I was doing my service, yeah, and then I was working as the fashion editor based in Lagos, yeah. Nice. Now that you're officially in Nigeria, Afrobeats is coming through mm-hmm. the music landscape, mm-hmm. so you must be really at the cusps. Yeah, because at that point, at that point, I mean, we, the likes of Whiskid was literally just starting and I was styling Whiskid for editorials in the magazine Amazing. and then the Banky W's and then the LD. So like at that point, Fab was really a very great gateway to discover this kind of talent and then showcasing them internationally. And we did a lot of great things. We had an award ceremony as well as part of the magazine. Right, amazing. Um, I think another year or so, and then I decided to do my master's. Okay, you decided to come back to do a master's, right? And this was at University of Arts London? Yes. Right, okay. Why? I guess I'm like an undercover geek. I love (laughs) studying. I know that it's like, it's not really a nice thing to say, especially if you're in fashion, but I actually love... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Studying, I love education. And, and I knew that this is an industry I wanted to work in and an industry I wanted to be part of, especially contributing to the development. So I wanted to make sure that while I'm still young and I'm not thinking about, you know, marriage and all those kind of things. This is a good time for me to just get as much as I can. Yeah. And, you know, I said to you that I never formally fa- studied anything fashion. So the master's is a good opportunity for me to kind of get that formal knowledge formal. Yeah, no, yeah, that. and training. So I did that at LCF. So my, my area of research was on entrepreneurship in the Nigerian fashion industry. Right, this was your MA. Yes, and I got distinction. Of course, I should get out of course. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was going back to do my research, speak to a lot of designers. And, you know, I'm really proud to say that a lot of the designers that I spoke to then are doing amazingly well now. Amazing. Yeah, you, you know, and so... I kind of started to see that I actually want to know more about the business and actually want to be involved in the business side of fashion. And that's kind of like how it all started. What do you mean? What all started? So looking at fashion entrepreneurs in Nigeria, that was my project. At the time, there were just like one or two books that looked at African fashion in general. Like, okay, here are the guys to look out for. And those were really useful. But I think what was valuable to me was that that body of research is still relevant today. And with the work that I'm doing today, and I didn't know it then, you know. Yeah. So, so you, you're making me, you make me try to pull this out of you, like let's let's, let's let's fast forward. Yes, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, this is such a fascinating journey, and I understand yeah. why the calling of you going back to Nigeria was really important. Yeah, to you. I understand how you became known as a fashion lady because again, your fashion's lit. Um, but the fact that you created, am I wrong in saying you created the assembly or you're one of the founders? I created. Yeah. yeah. This was off the back end of potentially Fab, was it? Or no. was there more work more in between? Work. So I left Fab. Oh, wow. Okay. Funny enough. So I, I just started freelancing basically right, at that gotcha. point. So I was like styling music videos. People wanted me to do other things. Then I got um, recruited for another magazine, but that was Nigeria based only. It was called TW, and it's a women's magazine, women's publication. Right. And they needed a fashion editor. And at the time, I never had a job, per se, or anything that was nine to five. I was freelancing and consulting for people. So that was a good opportunity for me to kind of say, okay, no problem, I'll do that. And then I was headhunted about eight months later to run a TV station. Um, wow. So it was really interesting because it was actually my former boss at Fab who recommended me to, it's called CMA Group, but they own like 15 TV channels. 
across Africa. And one of them was a fashion channel called Spice TV. I know Spice TV. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. I do. Yeah. And um, okay. so they said, you know what? We need somebody who can basically take this channel and program because it's just a program, like a 30-minute program, and turn it into a 24-hour TV station. Bang. So essentially, for those of you who may be like lost of what I'm saying, like a fashion TV, like FTV, yeah, FTV. the African version, basically. So my, my job was to come in, rebrand, create content, develop content, find a team. Another thing about Nigeria is that you really need to be flexible because what you're called to do, you will not be doing. You'll be doing like 20 people's jobs at the end of the... <laughs> yeah. And so that was my next role. Um, I was hiring, firing, ah. recruiting, training, all sorts, producing. I hope they were paying you well. They were paying me well. Okay, you'd be better have. <laughs> it was such a good experience because then that's like me now translating everything I know into TV, mm. into media, which I never really did before. So I learned a lot on the job. No, I mean, to be honest with you, I did. But because so far as I had like, you know, for me, it was okay. I understand fashion. And obviously my years of fashion editing was came into play because then I had lots of contacts and lots of people to reach out to for content featuring them showcasing stories so, so you're bringing in your team yeah. you know listen yeah. guys your network is your net worth yes exactly you know. exactly that's a very good point you made because a lot of people that i had worked with previously i was like look i've been i've been given this task and do you want to do this how far do you want to take africa's story amazing i'm just in awe sitting here but now that you've literally got a huge gig yeah. where you single-handedly had created something that was a single program into now an entire 24-hour TV network. Yeah. But you're no longer doing that or you're still doing it? No, Damn, so... so... Yeah. You got tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely like challenges. Jeez, go on. That was very challenging, actually, especially at that point then birthing children as well was... Uh, you were pregnant at the time. Yeah. So um, that was hard, but it was fantastic. So yeah, like a year and a half ago, I decided to move on. Right, gotcha. It was bittersweet. When I started, I was already pregnant. So it's almost like I had two babies. Do you understand? So yeah. Spice is as old as my first son. Even that you're seeing still now are things that, you know, I created with an amazing team. I met so many great people and it was just so hard to like say, I have to move on. If I don't go now, I probably would never go. And I'm probably going to be regretting for the rest of my life because I have so much inside of me and I can't do that here. In all of these roles that I'm doing, I, I've, I've showcased so many people. I've written about so many people. I've featured so many people. But then after that, what happens? Yes, you can inspire someone through what you've been able to um, write about them or film them and all of those things. But then I just kind of felt like the impact, I wasn't really making the kind of impact. What kind of impact? do you want to make what is that what was it that you couldn't do i couldn't necessarily for example i'll give an example i had Please. so many people coming for jobs right at spice even at fab magazine and you know you can only take on so many interns if you're not experienced and we were filtered but we had no seats at one point and you can't really spend time with those interns to groom them i couldn't really mentor i didn't have the time to really work with someone who I could see that, you know, you've got so much talent. If only you could do X, Y, Z. And for me, those are the things that were inside me. Like I wanted something that could be more empowering. So if you see Adela Sego on TV and you want to be like her, how do you do that? 
yeah. in a place like Nigeria where you're just trying to find where you're going to eat or you're trying to find your how you're going to move from A to B, right? So I really wanted to have something. I didn't know what it was then, but something that could say anyone who's creative, who's talented, who's passionate, if you come to me or come to whatever I want to build, I'm going to help you. I have such a huge network of people and they're forever looking for like talent to hire. So that's the kind of like impact I'm talking about where I can, someone can come to me and I might not be able to help them, but I know that through mentoring or through workshops or through training or education or even through content, you'll be able to take something away that can benefit you. And that's basically what led me to start the assembly. Kind of sounds like Black Tickler, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we're here, no? That's we're why we're here, <laughs> man. We're united. Common goals. Raise that tide of Black excellence. I think that's a nice place to almost end in regards to how we started assembly. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we haven't discussed? Because we're, dis- we're discussing your journey, but we haven't peppered it with uh <laughs> with resources advice and tools and like tangible thing i guess the best piece of advice you can give to just start this journey and just become you okay <laughs> or no, better than me um, better than you um i think one of the things that i was really lucky to have was first my parents were very supportive first and foremost with the line of work that I wanted to do even though my mom used to say to me oh study international relations so you can get a job in the UN and you can wear nice suits and you can get like a city gent to marry and all of that but she was still very much like open and you know supportive of me maybe it's just me but I surrounded myself with people who were older than me and who were experienced so they kind of acted as mentors. So they were either doing fashion in a particular way or they were just like just doing whatever they were doing in their own field. So I could learn from them. And I researched a lot. You know, it's great to have a mentor, but then you really need to research. Like I was always reading. If I wanted a particular job, I was applying for a particular job, or I got a particular job, I would read, 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 read. And, you know, now it's so much easier because you have podcasts like this. You have so much online resources. This was not available then, you know. I would really encourage anybody to like, it's not easy. It's not like a one track. I mean, I'm just kind of telling you the more, the kind of glossy version of the journey. But there were really lots of like terrible times, challenging times. And then it's a kind of like self-belief and kind of like have a conviction about what you want to do and just run with it. The challenges will come. People will say you're crazy. What you're doing going back to Nigeria or wherever you whatever you want to do. But if you have a conviction and you're you stay focused on that lane, you will definitely achieve amazing things. If you can start early as much, you know, whatever point you are, just start now. Don't don't wait for anything. And that's something about me. I never wait. If I feel like I can do this now, I'm going to make it happen. If it's like five jobs, I will do those five jobs. I, I don't see those kind of restrictions. And that's my work ethic. And speaking of work ethic, even if you're doing like a nine to five, but you're passionate about graphic design or you're passionate about technology, do that in your, you know, at night, do that in the evenings, um, find find ways to work around it. But then don't don't let your boss suffer for it because you're working in a job that you don't necessarily want to do. Because you never know who that boss could recommend you to or refer you to. And then the, the colleagues you work with, they will end up being somewhere else. And you, you know, just have a very good work ethic in anything that you're doing. Be professional. If it means reading up on books outside of even your 
what you're interested in or what you're studying do that because that's what I did as well I mean even now I'm very much in the creative space however I still read on startups and social impact and social these are all new topics to me even investment angel investing and all of those things are really new topics to me but it's important for me to know this because of the people that I work with and for myself as well so sorry if I kind of like no, went on a no, tangent I, mean, I feel like what you have done is you're giving great advice and these advice I mean maybe it's because I've been doing this for so long they yeah. sort they're echoed with every individual who's killing it in a similar way. Yeah. And what I try to do, if I possibly can, is not have it so abstract. Mm. And when they say you have good work ethics, okay, in principle, I understand that, but what does that reality mean? And I think mm-hmm. it's nice you said, yeah, okay, you have a nine to five. After that nine to five, work on what it is you want to work on. And then go back to that nine to five and make sure you still put a smile on your face because you never know what your boss or colleagues will say about you who could potentially get you to where you want to go to. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Now, you speak about challenges, and I know in the fashion industry, and you can tell mm-hmm. me more because this is your wheelhouse, it has this sort of stereotype of it being quite catty and superficial. So when it comes down to challenges, I mean, you're a black woman. What are these challenges? Because you said you glossed over it, but it'll be nice for people who are listening to go, okay, I know I need to face these. Uh, where, where do I start? <laughs> um, I think, first of all... Um, I think people, and it's not a bad thing to be aware of the fact that, you know, you're a minority, whether you're as a female or as a black or as a, you know, any other ethnic minority. It's good, yes, to be aware. But then sometimes if you kind of put that at the front of everything that you do, you can actually box yourself. You don't have to be necessarily working because you're black, work in Africa or whatever. Just be excellent at what you're doing anywhere and if you are the minority play that up to your advantage so like I have friends who work in fashion who mainstream fashion and like they're like the only black girl in the office or whatever and they've been able to like turn it around and do other interesting projects because they are you know the the minority Okay, Why are you I, laughing? I is it because I'm looking at you? Is, yeah, you're looking at me. And also, I think I'm sounding off. Like, I think what I'm saying it might might be mis, um, misconstrued. No, yeah. I think I know what you mean. As in one's uniqueness, yes. if they are the minority, quote unquote, can still be actually empowering and act. It can be a strength. And even throughout my life, even in general, I've kind of always been odd. Either I was the tallest girl or I was the black girl. But the moment you're kind of, you realize that, you are fantastic, you're amazing, you're there for a reason. Everything kind of switches around and you don't start seeing yourself, you don't have a chip on your shoulder or you don't kind of walk around feeling, oh, why am I here or why am I in this situation? I'm not seeing representation and all of those things. And that was exactly what happened even in university. I think I was just two black students doing my when I did my MA course. But I never said, oh, I'm the only black girl here, so I can't relate. No, actually, I want to know what you know. I want to learn from you and I'm going to be excellent and I'm going to prove that I'm actually as good as anybody else here. Do you understand? And that's kind of like how I've tried to like... Navigate. Yeah, just navigate. And even in Nigeria, yes, I'm black like everybody else, but I'm now from the UK. I'm now a foreigner. I don't have a typical Nigerian accent. I can't speak pidgin. I can't speak my local language. Like you do come up with culture shocks and you do have issues where sometimes uh, you can't relate because of the culture is different. The, the, the mentality is also different. You can't 
say to yourself, okay, because of that reason, I, I won't be able to get from A to B just because of that. So you're basically saying, yes, every challenge does exist, but it's all about perspective. And, you know, when we can flip it, then we empower ourselves and just be excellent. Yeah. And in doing Hashtag so. Hashtag black excellence. <laughs> <laughs> you love your black excellence. <laughs> and, and then in doing so, you could then inspire other people. You never know who's looking at you. I think now it's so competitive now trying to like break into the fashion industry is so, so hard because everybody's super savvy and find your niche find something that you can actually bring to the table always find what is your value and if you can communicate that to an employer or to a client it's just it will be good for you or alternatively visit the assembly yes exactly before asking you the light fire questions that Mm -hmm. i do with all my guests to just close it off can you speak about the assemblies anything you want them want people who are listening to know obviously we're going to find out how we can check you out but okay Tell me, this is your chance um, to, uh, to to make it pop, <laughs> make it shine. So the Assembly is uh, a hub for creatives in the fashion industry. We work with designers, writers, illustrators, graphic designers, and essentially we exist to kind of make your life easier, trying to like break into the fashion industry, whether that's giving you or attaching you, matching you with a mentor, whether that's um, through workshops, training, and we kind of have this kind of no BS we don't try to sugarcoat things and we only work with the best in the industry people who have tried proven the model and who are like doing amazing things so to interject but imagine this i'm listening i'm like okay i want to apply to the assembly what's the criteria because you say the best let me explain so yeah please first we're, we're based in lagos okay however that doesn't mean that you can't be involved either through our virtual programs whether they're like online programs we also have online mentors like virtual mentors who are remote mentors to our members right. but when i say the best i mean the the professionals and the mentors that you will be attached to and the people that teach and train gotcha you mean yes. your staffing yes. not the people who are trying yes. to get into no, no, it no no oh. no 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 you can just have an idea and you just want someone to kind of hold your hand through that process um and you know not everybody is exposed to like mentor mentor having a mentor or mentoring so you might need someone who's done it before or who's in the industry and you just need them to kind of guide you maybe you're trying to write an application and that person can look over the application for you maybe you're trying to develop a collection and that person can help you with sources for manufacturer manufacturers locally or internationally um, maybe you need just help you just want to talk to someone or have a soundboard you know just someone to just kind of bounce ideas off i hear that so you provide that yeah we provide that and then we also try to have opportunities where people can collaborate as well so i'm a really big fan of collaboration because that's like partly why i'm even here today because i've been able to leverage my partnerships and leverage my network to do interesting projects and find people who you can like connect with if you may be a designer but then you need an illustrator and we're able to kind of connect people in that way. Is it paid? Do I have to pay? Do I have to be so a member? So right now, s- if you're a member, like we haven't even launched our official membership program. That's going to be next month. We're going to have like a really cool uh, membership offering for people who want to be official members of the assembly. But apart from that, like if you happen to be in Lagos, um, and even we're going to try and do some stuff even in London, you can just rock up to any of the events that we do. Some of them will be free. Some of them will be paid for. Amazing. Okay, so watch this space, man. It's still in its infancy, but without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be amazing with you at the head. 
Thank so, you. Pepe, are you ready for these last five minutes? Not even five minutes, maybe even two minutes yeah. of quick fire round questions. Okay. <sighs> so if you could do a TED Talks on anything other than the profession that you're known for, what would it be on? Language. Language? You have your last five pounds, what are you spending it on? Lip balm. Lip balm. And I can do more than one. Yeah. So long as within Lip five balm, pounds. galaxy chocolate. Yeah. Water. Data. Data. Typical Niger. This is a new one I'm actually going to throw. What is the biggest misconception people have of you? That I'm super outgoing. Okay, you're extroverted. And if I was to ask of the second person that springs to mind when I say the word success, who springs to mind? My husband. Nice. Who's the first person? <laughs> Ah, so he was your first, yeah? Okay, you thought you could trick me. thought you could trick me like that. All right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with your husband. Do you see yourself as a success? Just have interest? Yes, I do. You do, and I think you are too. Thank you. So how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as a kind and loyal person, a good mother and a good leader. I can't imagine you're not already. In fact, the very little I know of you, I can see you are. Thank you. So <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Now, Pepper, how can people find you on the World Wide Web? And when they do, is there anything you'd like them to do? Um, yeah, sure. So on Twitter, my my personal handle is Pepper underscore Z-I-E. Likewise on Instagram, Pepper underscore Z-I-E. And the assembly is assembly official on Instagram and the assembly hub on twitter just say hi and you can ask me any particular question about trying to maybe break into the fashion industry creative industry or how you could be involved in the assembly we're currently looking for really amazing mentors because we're like we have so many amazing people that we just want to help and support their business and professional growth. So if you think that you're that person that will be happy to give some of your time a couple of times a month, um, you can join our mentoring scheme. We have some amazing people already on there. So anywhere you feel you could be part of the assembly or contributing anyway, or if you want to learn anything, feel free to just hit me up amazing guys please do hit her up because pepper is going places and she's been amen amen hey guys we really appreciate you listening and if you have any feedback please leave it in the comment section below also all the info about the guests the links and the resources we speak about will be in the description below and last but not least please 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 do get in touch if you can teach us how you do what it is you do because after all black ticklet is all about empowering and upskilling the community thanks guys you're the best see you soon tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.